the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. President Joe Biden has wrapped up a three-day visit to South Korea. America and her allies uh, care about the region as well. I'm going to be looking for opportunities to work together with people there. Infant formula for more than half a million baby bottles has arrived in the U.S. from Europe. This shipment provides enough formula. Uh, to take care of 9,000 babies and 18,000 toddlers. Gas prices are on the rise again. There's been a 33 cent per gallon jump in the retail price of gasoline. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Monday, May 23rd. I'm Mike Scott. President Joe Biden has wrapped up a three-day visit to South Korea. Biden showcased Hyundai's pledge to invest at least $10 billion in electric vehicles and related technologies in the U.S. The president also visited the Osan Air Base, where thousands of U.S. and South Korean service members monitor the rapidly evolving North Korean nuclear threat. Biden says the U.S. is ready for any provocation that North Korean leader Kim Jong-un might deliver. President Biden thanked U.S. and South Korean service members, telling them they represent the strength of the U.S.-Korea alliance. Our alliance was formed through shared sacrifice of the Korean War. And now, seven decades later, thanks to you, the Republic of Korea is strong, thriving, an innovating democracy, and uh, our alliance grows stronger every single day because of you all. Biden thanked the U.S. and South Korean service members for also monitoring that North Korean nuclear threat, reminding them they are on the front line. Deterring threats and underwriting stability is as vital today for not only the peninsula, but for the world. Biden told service members monitoring the North Korean nuclear threat that they were essential to the partnership between the U.S. and South Korea. You are the front line of everything we're concerned about. You represent the commitment of our two countries made to each other and uh, the strength of the USROK alliance. Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton joined Fox News discussing what he believes are the accomplishment of President Biden's trip to South Korea and Japan. Unfortunately, I haven't seen many accomplishments yet. It's important for the president to visit our allies in the Western Pacific. I think it's coming about 16 months too late because China is the number one threat we face. I wish President Biden had gone there early in his tenure, not spent so much time in Europe, not made his very first big glitzy international summit with Vladimir Putin last summer, for that matter. Um, It's always important to talk to our allies and to visit with them. But what Xi Jinping and Chinese communists watch are actions. And unfortunately, Joe Biden's actions right now just are not backing up any words. Cotton goes on to explain why China is a threat to U.S. interests. 
China is still closing the gap with us militarily. They're gaining diplomatic grounds by opening potential port access in Western Pacific states where Joe Biden and his administration have been caught asleep at the switch. Uh, and they're still stealing our intellectual property and uh, not living up to their trade obligations. If we want to get the upper hand on China, we need to take firmer action, not simply talk tough. Meantime, Tennessee Senator Bill Haggerty says it's time for a greater U.S. diplomatic footprint in the Pacific. What we're mainly trying to do is use private sector funds and, and basically lead the way and, and demonstrate the fact that America is present. If you add up all of the private investment that has been made in the region, America is still by far the largest investor. We need to keep that going. Haggerty says he's part of a bipartisan effort to establish greater diplomatic ties in the Pacific, countering China's growing presence in Pacific Island nations. Push back. We can work with the Solomon Island government. Let them know, yes, America and her allies care about the region as well. I'm going to be looking for opportunities to work together with the people there so that China isn't their only alternative. Turning to the ongoing war in Ukraine, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky welcomed Poland's president to Kiev on Sunday as the war grinds into its third month. Meantime, Ukraine ruled out calls for any ceasefire or any territorial concessions to Moscow as Russia stepped up its attack on the Donbass region with airstrikes. Ukrainian presidential advisor Mikhailo Podolyak, speaking through an interpreter, says that Ukraine will never agree to concessions after all of Russia's war crimes. A very strange stance for us is indeed appearing in the West, which is that in order to get out of the war, some concessions will probably have to be made to Mr. Putin, to the Russian Federation, including territorial concessions on the one hand, and on the other, to insist on an immediate ceasefire. But there are two components here. First, Russian society probably wants to register its military successes, i.e. the seizure of occupied territories as it is today. Ukraine will never go for that. It is a principal question for us. Considering all the war crimes that the Russian Federation has committed in Ukraine, Ukrainian society will never support any concept of concessions to the Russian Federation, including territorial concessions. Podolyak says even if Ukraine were to give up territory, Russia will just continue to fight. Because any concession to the Russian Federation would instantly lead to an escalation of the war. So the war will not stop. It will just be put on pause for some time. After a while, with renewed intensity, the Russians will build up their weapons, manpower, and work on their mistakes, modernize a little, fire many generals who are absolutely ineffective. This is Soviet level of generals, so the planning of military operations and so on. They will fire the generals, try to modernize the general staff, and they'll start a new offensive, even more bloody and large scale, taking into account all mistakes. Some parents may soon see a bit of relief as specialty infant formula for more than half a million baby bottles has arrived in the U.S. from Europe. It is the first of several flights carrying infant formula from Europe to relieve the deepening nationwide shortage, particularly of hypoallergenic formulas. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre telling reporters Sunday the 78,000 pounds of formula was being transported by military plane to Indianapolis Sunday. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack greeted the arrival of the first shipment Sunday in Indianapolis. This shipment provides enough formula 
uh, to take care of 9,000 babies and 18,000 toddlers uh, for a week. Vilsack says another shipment is expected in the coming days. We're going to continue to figure out ways in which we can import from new sources. So all of that's going to take place. And I think, uh, to my last response, I think you're going to get you will begin to see progress here in the matter in a matter of weeks. Vilsack says they're speeding up baby formula shipments because of critical needs. It would take approximately two weeks for the normal commercial process to work to get it from Zurich, Switzerland here and distribute it. As a result of the United States military's involvement, we're going to get this here in a matter of days. Later, townhall.com editor Katie Pavlich joined Fox News discussing the failings of the FDA under the Biden administration. They got $100 million and they still can't solve the problem. And generally, broadly speaking, all of these problems, you know, Joe Biden ran as an everyday guy. Good old Joe, who was in touch with the working class, blue collar workers, the average American, who's actually turned out to be a liberal, uh, limousine liberal. That is back because whether it's inflation <laughs> and the, the chief of staff saying it's a high class problem, whether it's Joe Biden last Friday saying, oh, I'll answer questions from the media about the formula crisis because... Not because moms are worried, but because it's on the front of every newspaper in America. And then you have the Surgeon General saying, well, the conversations that I'm having, Americans want results. They want things to be moving. The Catholic Archbishop of San Francisco will no longer allow House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to receive communion because of her support of abortion. Daybreak Insider's Keith Peters joins us with that story. Archbishop Salvador Cordelion said Friday in his notification to Pelosi that he sent her a letter on April 7th expressing his concerns after she vowed to codify the Supreme Court's Roe v. Wade decision into law after Texas approved a law banning most abortions, but that she never responded. Cordelion said he told Pelosi she must either repudiate her support of abortion or stop speaking publicly about her Catholic faith. Otherwise, he says he must declare she cannot receive communion. Keith Peters reporting. According to a new UMass Amherst poll conducted by YouGov, a full 68% of Republicans want Joe Biden impeached by a GOP-controlled Congress if they retake the House in the midterm elections. However, a roughly equal percentage of Americans overall, 66%, do not believe that the president should be impeached if Republicans retake the majority. Meanwhile, Congressman Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin joining the Salem Radio Network says when Republicans do retake the House, he says they should launch several probes into how federal health agencies handled the COVID-19 pandemic. Using our oversight powers, using those gavels we will have, using the subpoena power we will have, we need to take a look at all the ways in which administrative agencies, federal government agencies, particularly public health-related agencies, failed us during the pandemic. The Wisconsin congressman says if Republicans retake the House in November, they will push for hearings to look at ways the federal health care bureaucracy failed the entire country during the coronavirus pandemic. And ask hard questions that force these bureaucracies to modernize and perform better in the 21st century because they're still operating under a a 20th century paradigm. And we've just seen so many manifest failures. 
Gas prices are on the rise again. The current national average for a gallon of gas is $4.59, a record high price, according to AAA. The high cost of gas has people rethinking summer travel plans and cutting back on using their vehicles. Fuel price analyst Trilby Lumberg says head to San Francisco for the highest gas prices. In the May 20 sample, the low average is Tulsa at 3.92 and the high is San Francisco at 6.20. Between there we have Minneapolis at 4.12, Long Island at 4.91 and Chicago at 532. Lumberg says refineries in Europe are struggling, and that could drive prices up even further here in the U.S. We are relying on imports of gasoline, especially for the Northeast, for some of our supply. But in an already tight market, with our gasoline stocks quite low as it is, that could make the difference between moderate price spikes and big ones. Many oil price experts say it may be a while before gas prices drop and predict gas prices could hit $6 a gallon nationally by August. Prices across the economy are rising at the fastest pace in decades. While retail sales rose 0.9% in April, some families, particularly low-income families, are slashing spending. Walmart reported more than half of their consumers were favoring lower-cost store brands of lunch meat and buying half-gallon cartons of milk rather than full gallons. A research fellow with the Heritage Foundation says there are a handful of ways Congress can curb inflation. Joe Griffith joined the Salem Radio Network and suggested that Democratic lawmakers in particular stop their federal spending spree. Well, over the past few years, Congress has spent $6 trillion above and beyond what they normally spend. That's about $100,000 per family in the United States. And virtually all of that money has been borrowed or even worse, has been printed. Griffith says it is his expert opinion that congressional Democrats have shown they don't care about inflation, particularly since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. You had Congress paying businesses to keep the door shut. They, you had Congress that was paying people not to work. They were paying people more off the job than on the job. Griffith says congressional Democrats need to stop subsidizing the federal housing market with an assist from the Federal Reserve. They've actually printed several trillion dollars over the past two years to buy up even more mortgages. In fact, the bulk of the new mortgages that have been made in dollar value, those have basically been bought up by the Federal Reserve, which means you have even more dollars flowing into the housing market. Consumer prices rose 8.6% last year, the highest inflation since 1981. All remaining restrictions are likely to be lifted on a man who tried to assassinate former President Ronald Reagan in 1981. Attorneys for the U.S. government have indicated that they will not oppose a plan to lift all remaining restrictions next month. Daybreak Insider's John Scott has more on the infamous gunman, John Hinckley. 
Attorneys for the U.S. government have indicated they will not oppose that plan. Hinckley is the man who tried to assassinate President Ronald Reagan in 1981. A federal judge in Washington ruled last year that Hinckley can be freed unconditionally in June if he continues to follow the rules placed on him and remains mentally stable. The 66-year-old has been living in Williamsburg, Virginia. A court hearing is scheduled for June 1st. John Scott reporting. And finally, an enormous asteroid four times the size of the Empire State Building will make a close approach to Earth on May 27th, according to NASA's Center for Near-Earth Object Studies. The asteroid will miss our planet by about 2.5 million miles, or nearly 10 times the distance between the Earth and the Moon. Still, given the space rock's enormous size and Relatively close proximity to Earth, NASA has classified the asteroid as potentially hazardous. NASA monitors asteroids like this one closely and recently launched a mission to test whether potentially hazardous asteroids could one day be deflected from a collision course with Earth in a program called DART, or Double Asteroid Redirection Test. Andy Rivkin of Johns Hopkins University's Applied Physics Lab explains that it's not unusual for asteroids, or part of them, to hit Earth. DART is the double asteroid redirection test. The Earth is hit by asteroids and pieces of asteroids all the time. Every year or so, we get hit by things maybe the size of a table. The kind of object that DART is going to visit is an object that's about the size of the Washington Monument. Those kinds of objects hit us every few thousand years, and they would cause severe damage to a, on a regional scale. Rivkin goes on to explain what DART hopes to accomplish. Mostly what we're looking to do is change the speed of the incoming object by maybe a centimeter per second or so. So that's not very fast, but if you do it enough seconds in advance, you can cause it to miss the Earth entirely. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.